Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing today? Is it good to be in church? It's good to be in church, I'm telling you. It's a good Sunday. It's a good Sunday. I saw you guys fighting for seats in the back. I saw that you guys were like arm wrestling. This place is filling up, people. I think it's fantastic. God's bringing people. Absolutely, you're bringing people. I can't believe how many people you guys are inviting and bringing to church. This place is starting to fill up. And uh, I'm telling you, the church is growing and, and we're seeing lives changed. And I just want to tell you that this is, this is the happening place to be on Sundays. I'll tell you that much. That's right. Four of you are like, yeah, that's awesome. I got a couple, one quick announcement. I'm just going to say um, our diaper drive for CareNet. Uh, today was the last Sunday we were collecting here on Sunday mornings. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who brought supplies uh, to help stock up CareNet's uh, warehouse for, um, for, the, uh, for diapers and wipes and everything like that. And, and so anyhow, I also want to say thank you to everybody who's helping organize this and run this. And, um, and so anyhow, it's a, it's a great little uh, group that we have here in the church. If you're interested in getting involved with this group um, who work with CareNet and crisis pregnancies and new moms and new families and stuff like that in our city, you can just talk to them all right back there at the diaper, the pile of diapers that you walk through on the way in. They'll get, you, they'll get you connected. All right, so if you're visiting with us, if this is your first time here, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Matt. I'm the pastor here, and uh, my wife, Amber, and I are the pastors here. And so anyhow, I just wanted to say welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'd like to get to know you a little bit, so if you'd shoot me a text message, um, that would be fantastic. You can text guest to there's a green screen that'll come up in just a moment. So you can text a guest in. There it is, see? You can text a guest in there that actually comes into the office so that we can help get you connected and get you kind of started on, on what it takes to get involved around there, around here. So you can text that in. Um, and then on the same screen, there's a, it says there's a giving is the next one there. If you came prepared to give financially, um, that's a, an electronic way to do it, a digital way. If you came with paper and pen, the analog way, then you can, you can drop it in the boxes, um, in, uh, in the back boxes on the way out. You'll see little drop boxes in the way, um, on the way in and out. We just want to make it as easy as possible. If you want to give digitally, you can also give on our website as well. Um, we actually had an app um, that just like broke, um, and so... Um, I don't know how apps break, but ours broke. And so um, if you said, hey, why isn't the app working? It's because it's broken. Uh, and so, and, and we, we're not sure uh, when we'll fix it. I'll be honest. Uh, we're like, I don't know. So anyhow, go to the website. You can also give right there pretty, pretty easily. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So guys, guess what? We're here in a series on Ephesians. Have you guys enjoyed this so far? I've really enjoyed this. I, I got to tell you, I've, this has been five years in the making for me, and it's leading up to something at the end of Ephesians that, uh, to me, it's just getting better and better and better, and, and you guys are just along for the ride, so you know, if you don't like it, whatever, that's okay. So I'm enjoying this thing, and, and we're moving further along because I believe that in, in, chapter, in chapter six, at the end, God showed me something in this book of Ephesians that absolutely changed my life, and, um, and it was an absolutely transformational, um, supernatural moment where God just did something in me. It, it, about five years ago, and, um, and so it's something that I've been studying for all this time, and so I, I'm really just excited to be able to share all of this stuff with you, but, but we're not there yet. I, this is a teaser for the next couple of weeks, but, but it's building and building and building and building, and, and this is what's um, this is awesome. So, so you know, you guys know this, in the beginning, God you know, he, was, he created everything, right? And so he, uh, he created light and, and, uh, and 24 hours of like revolving light and, you know, between darkness and light kind of alternating. And, and one of the angels asked him and said, hey, so uh, what are you going to do now? God's like, ah, I don't know. I think I'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah, it took just like that little second of delay. Wasn't that awesome? Because you weren't sure if I was telling the joke or not, did you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, what did one traffic light say to the other traffic light? Stop looking, I'm changing. 
You guys know that light and darkness repel each other. And so Chuck Norris sleeps with the light on. I don't know if you know that. Chuck Norris sleeps with, with the light on. Not because he's afraid of the darkness, because the darkness is afraid of Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we go through life, and, and you see this all the time, where light and darkness kind of portray two different sides of life, right? Darkness portrays, I don't know, maybe evil or bad, and, and light tends to portray good and wholesome and, and, and healthy, right? So you have kind of like the good and the evil uh, uh, pendulum that's swinging, and light is on one side and dark is, is on the other, is typically how we portray light and darkness. Although some people say that nighttime is the right time, but I don't, I don't know if I agree with them or not. But light refers to dark and, 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 and light, and, sorry, light refers to good and dark refers to evil. You know, it's funny, I always imagine crimes happening at night. Don't you? Like, that's when the bad guys come out. And they sneak around in the... In, in, you don't like that's a bad guy sneak. It's the bad guys, they, they, they sneak around in, in the darkness, and they got to go break into a car or something. But, but if there's light, they try to avoid the light and try to stay into the shadows, right? You always think of, of the, the, the bad stuff happening in the nighttime, which is why if I ever decided to be a criminal, I think I'd do it in the middle of the day because nobody would ever suspect it. But I'm smarter than that, so I won't be a criminal. We always imagine it, though, huh? They don't want to get caught. That's why they hide in the shadows. They don't want to get caught. They want to be hidden. They, they want, don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be seen with what they're doing. You know, I started looking into um, violent crimes and, and all kinds of crimes that were out there, and they're saying that violent crimes actually spike at night versus in, during the day. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? And so the, the, the stats and the math back it all up. There's a Pew Research that said that between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. was, the, was the, the high time of violent crimes. And the lowest time, uh, the valley in the, every single day was right around that 6 to 7 a.m. window, right about when the sun was coming up. So once the sun goes down and it gets dark enough, that's when the bad guys come out and do bad things. And then as soon as the light's coming up again, it goes back down again. Now, there's still crime that happens in the middle of the day. Don't get me wrong. But the volume of it is what happens in the, in the nighttime. That's what happens in the nighttime. In fact, the Department of Justice had this whole study that they did, and they realized that the number one deterrent of crime in, in parking garages and parking lots and, and other public areas um, was not security cameras. The number one deterrent was not fences. It wasn't barbed wires. It was light. If you can put more light in your parking lot, you'll have less crime. That was the number one deterrent of crime in, in, in the Department of Justice study that they did. It's the number one upgrade you can do to your facility to help reduce crime. This is, this is super important, right? This is super important because we all have darkness in life, don't we? We all encounter darkness in life. We all see things that are dark in life. And occasionally, let's be honest, you and I, sometimes we slip into a little bit of darkness in life, right? We, we get stuck in something we shouldn't get stuck in. Something comes on us. We make a bad decision. There's uh, moments where you and I, and of course, the, the most of us, of course, very, very rare do we have darkness in life. But, but it happens, doesn't it? If you can be honest, right? It happens. And this is important because here, there's seasons that happen in life that if darkness can get on you and attach itself to you, it will cause some issues, right? So if you get in this season of darkness, you can have a lot of depression. You can have anxiety. Some of these seasons are short. Some of these seasons are long. Sometimes the sin and the darkness that can get stuck onto you can cause, can cause hopelessness, that can cause fear, can cause all kinds of things to happen into your life. And in the enemy, the devil, he wants this darkness to come on to cause you to feel these ways because then you start to get trapped into different kinds of sin and different kinds of sinful activity, right? I mean, and that's what his path is. He's like, if I can just get some darkness into your life, that darkness will start to grow and to grow and to grow. I'll tell you a lot of sin problems that I encounter in people's life are ways that people are trying to deal with their darkness. I mean, really think about it. A lot of, a lot of addicts, they're trying to escape the pain of something in the past. 
Something dark that happened. It might be a singular moment or it might be a lifelong situation. It could be something they're trying to escape at times, right? So a lot of the sin that happens in life, people are trying to deal with the darkness that has happened in their life. You see, darkness and light are opposites. They're on different sides. They can't cohabitate. And have you noticed? Darkness doesn't drive the light out. Light drives the darkness out. It's a one-way street. One of these two things is more powerful than the other, right? One of these things has the ability to be able to kick stuff out of its way, and light can move things out of the way. They've been at war with each other since the beginning of time, and the only way to get darkness to leave is to shine a light on it. I got to tell you, the Bible has a lot to say about this, right? The Bible has a lot to say about this. In fact, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, Thus, the Ephesians. He's writing the letter to Ephesians. And that's what we've been studying in this series, starting in chapter 1 and and working our whole way through. And today we're in chapter number 5. If you have a Bible with you, you can open it up to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I see the digital Bibles, the paper Bibles. Analog's cool. I'm down for that. Today I'm rocking digital, you know. But we're in this series called Ephesians. And so we're in Ephesians chapter 5. And in fact, we're going to start in verse number 1. Ephesians 5, verse 1. And so here's Paul writing this letter to the Ephesians, and this is what he says. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. Okay, that sounds kind of hard, um, right? Like, I mean, God's kind of perfect and holy and stuff, and, 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 you know, like, how am I going to be an imitator of God? I mean, it's something that, like, when you start to become a follower of Jesus, what happens in you is, is God starts to break off stuff off of your life and helps to shape you into becoming more Christ-like. It's a process. You know, sometimes you look at it and you can say, gee, I'm, I'm not even anywhere close to where I need to be, but you aren't where you used to be either. There's a process. You're on a journey. You're on some steps. You, you, you're taking steps. My hope for you today is that you would take a step today, a step in your faith. That something that happened today, whether it was during worship or during the prayer times, or maybe something that, that is said here today in the sermon, that something in here will cause you to take a step of faith. Wherever you're at in your journey, whether you are f- close to God or far from God, I believe that today is a day where you can take that step. And it says to walk in love and to imitate God. You know, the Bible's so old, I don't know if it's even relevant anymore. Obviously, I don't think that. But you've heard that, haven't you? I don't know, it's so old. I mean, it's thousands of years old. We're in a modern society. I don't really know. Okay, verse 3. But sexual immorality and impurity or covetousness is not even named among you as is proper among saints. Wait a minute. You're telling me that over 2,000 or around 2,000 years ago, they were dealing with the same issues that we're dealing with? Yeah. I mean, they come on. They're dealing with the same. Humanity has not changed that much. Some of the root things that we struggle with as humans is, is still there. And he's writing this letter to people thousands of years ago, but guess what? It applies today. It absolutely applies today. Sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness. Those are things that every one of us have had to deal with and wrestle with. Some of, us are, some of you are wrestling with it today. It's something that we've all had to battle through and work through. It's something that, that, that the Bible says we got to get rid of that stuff. we got to cast that stuff off of us. And maybe you've tried to cast that stuff off of you. Maybe, you. maybe you've wrestled with that stuff for a long time and you haven't found freedom from it. I'll, you know, we, we're going to kick off small groups in a little bit. That's a place where you can find some relationships with people. And, and I'm telling you, sometimes you need somebody to help you get through that. You need somebody to hold you accountable, to pray with you, to support you. And when you're doing good, be cheering for you. And when you struggle, they're there to lift you back up again. 
I'm telling you, this Christian walk wasn't meant to be alone. It's not me and Jesus. It's the church. And that's what the church does. We help each other, right? And we're all together pushing the same direction. So let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Not even named among you. It's like you got to stay above reproach almost. It's almost like the if you can look and it looks like it might be wrong, you should probably stay away from it, right? Like, like if you see something that's like, well, this, this could be considered wrong, maybe I should just not stay away. It's just stay out of that place. It's funny how even in our culture, we crucify people for the appearance of wrongdoing. Next time you're in the grocery store, look at the tabloids and the newspapers and go, go look at the, the magazines and, and they'll have some photo with some celebrity on there and then the tagline will be something absolutely bombastic, you know, that is like, you know, and like, do you really know that happened or you just caught a picture of something that looked like it might be that and they make a huge deal about it? I'll tell you what, I even feel like most news today is that. It's like they have a little bit of facts and then a lot of people start talking about it and they're sharing their commentaries on it and then all of a sudden they have a whole news story about something and you really get down to it. The facts are so minor and it's like, well, wait a minute, you really kind of like fabricated some stuff in there. Our whole culture does this all the time. Everywhere that you turn, you see it because we're humans. And the same thing that was happening then is happening now. We, we want to, we got to do this. So as a church, it says this, well, you should stay above reproach. You should stay out of even suspicion of these types of things. You shouldn't even be messing with this stuff. You should kick it out and, and move it out of your life as far as you possibly can. Verse number five. So you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetousness, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. So this is obviously a problem. It's obviously a problem in the church. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't be writing this letter, right? Think about it, right? Like, like, like you, you've seen it. I don't know, maybe you've read it or not read it, but there's labels on even things you buy today that, that have warning labels. And you read it and you're like, why would anybody ever, because somebody did it. Did you know that pre preparation H says do not take orally? You know, you're like, well, it's medicine for my butt. You know, put it up here and it'll come down there, you know? The chainsaw has a sticker on it, and it says, do not grab from the wrong end. You only make that mistake one time. You know, like, like it's, it's, there's a, really? Somebody did that somewhere? You had to put, a, enough people did it, you had to put a sticker on it. I have this Dr Dremel rotary tool, and, and some people know what these are, but it's like a really high-speed, like, drill. It doesn't have a lot of torque, but it has a lot of speed. And so you can like carve in the wood with like the right kind of bits and you can like cut things off. And it's like a fine, like a really small thing. On the side of the thing, it's, it, I gotta read it. Let me find it. This product is not intended for use as a dental drill. <laughs> Those dentists are so expensive. <laughs> Come here, son, step into the garage. <laughs> this will only take a minute. He's writing this letter for a reason, folks. He's not just making stuff up. There's something going on that he's got to be correcting. So my challenge to you is this. If something in this section of verses is you're like, okay, I got some of that in my life. The Bible says, God is saying through his word, you got to correct it. So go correct it. Start working on it. 
Start getting rid of that. Find an accountability partner. Get into a small group. Find somebody to help you get past this thing because this thing will stop you from inheriting the kingdom of God. It will stop you from being everything that God has designed you to be. He's put a great purpose and a calling on your life. This is stuff that can trip you up along the way. You got to get this stuff out. You, got, you just, you just got to do it. You got to find a way to do it. So get into a group. Get into some accountability. Find someone to pray with you to help support you through the ups and downs of your journey and your battle. Verse number eight. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. There's like this contrast that's going on. Like, like before Christ and after Christ. The darkness versus the light. This is kind of interesting. I, I mean, I've read this, you know, a thousand times and Recently, I read it, and I, I realized that I had been inserting words in there as I read it. You ever done that, where the sentence is missing a word, and you put one in? And, and, and I actually had quoted it wrong um, s- several times in the past. And, and, and check this out. For at one time, you were darkness. I was putting in. At one time, you were in darkness. No, you, at one time, you were darkness. Not in it. You were it. Huh. Listen, darkness, and then it says this, but now you are not in light, but you are light. You were darkness, and now you are light. Your darkness and light is not your behaviors on the outside. It was the identity that who you were. It was on the inside, not on the outside. Does that make sense? Like you weren't in something. It was in you, and you were it. So listen, if, if you are a believer and a follower of Christ, your identity has been changed. The Bible talks all the time about an old person and a new person, a dividing line in, in the sand. Like, like he, he has transformed you, not, not just slightly upgraded you, but transformed you from old into new, from darkness into light. You once were darkness, you are now light. Not because of you, but because of him. He changed your name. He changed your identity. Your family name has changed from darkness to lightness. It has changed from what was once wrong to what was once, what is now right. Now you are light in the Lord. It's the Lord who has done this for you. Walk as children of light. So if your name is, you will behave as. If your name is, you will behave as. You know, something I... I do it at the house is like, well, every once in a while I have to break out with the, uh, well, you're a Williams, and so this is how we're going to do things. Right? My, my kids will sometimes want to maybe do something different and be like, well, but your last name is Williams, and this is our house, and this is how we do things. Right? Right? Every parent, you're like, this is how you do this. You just say, well, what is your last name? Williams. Yeah, well, you're a part of this family, and this is how this family does stuff. This family has pride in its work. This family finishes what it starts. starts. Your last name is Williams, right? Like, you know, you have to build this thing here. Listen, you are, your identity is in Jesus. Amen. This is how we do things, right? This is how we do things. And, and, and just because my kids may deviate from something that was the plan doesn't mean their last name got changed. That's for somebody today. Just because you did something that you know is wrong doesn't mean he's kicked you out of the family. 
You're still part of the family. Family fights. Family gets in disagreements. Family has issues from time to time, but your last name hasn't changed. He hasn't kicked you out. He hasn't rejected you. He hasn't gotten rid of you. God still accepts you and loves you right where you are at. I don't care what you've done in life. Your last name is still found in Jesus. Your last name is still found in Jesus. Darkness isn't it wasn't the external, it was the internal. It penetrated to the core of these people's being and, and, and light illuminated their lives all the way to the center. Allow Jesus to have access to all the areas so his light can dispel the darkness. Jesus isn't something you add to your arsenal. It isn't part of the package. It isn't like, I'm gonna have all my stuff and I'm gonna add Jesus to my tool bag. No, 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 no. He wants all of it. He's like an all or nothing kind of guy. Right? Like, like, he isn't just like, okay, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my finances. Bless me, bless me, bless me. And then, but, but Jesus, I don't want you to be in charge of what I do on the weekends on Friday night and Saturday night. Well, it doesn't kind of work that way. If, if, you want, if you want the power of Jesus to come into your life and expel all of the darkness, you have to open all the doors. You got to let them in. That's the only way it's going to happen. You have to be able to let him into every area of your life so that he can remove the darkness that is in there. Darkness cannot dispel light, but light can dispel darkness. In fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 3. It says, This is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their works were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light, lest his works would be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, and that his works may be revealed that they have been done in God. Listen, when we're following Christ, he pushes the darkness out of us, and, and now you can walk in the light. You don't have to hide in the shadows. You see, God's first act of creation was to say, let there be light. And there was light. You see, God brings light to dispel the darkness, it says in Psalms. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path, it says in the word. Jesus told his disciples that you are the light of the world. Church, we are the light of the world. Everywhere that we go, we're carrying the light that comes from God that's inside of us, that's changed our identity. Everywhere that we go, we should be the light that's dispelling darkness around us. And in this passage, it talked about the fruit, right? It's in verse 9, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. You, know, you look in the Bible at what, what the fruit is, and there's a fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And you can see that, that there's a fruit of the Spirit versus the, the, the fruit of the flesh, which is very easy to contrast with the light and the darkness. So the fruit of the Spirit would be the light was love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. That's the kind of fruit that we should be seeing out of our lives. We should be growing in those areas. Like you should see that growing more and more and more in everything that we're doing. And the fruit of the flesh is this, is adultery, sexual immorality, uncleanness, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, anger. It goes on and on and on and on. And so when you look at the start of this letter, you start to see the listing starting to form in, in, in very similar patterns to the fruit of the spirit versus the, the fruit of the flesh. And so if you want to know if you have light or darkness that's working inside of you on the way out, you look at the fruit. You look at the output. Just like any sort of tree, you can judge the health of the tree by what kind of fruit it's producing on its branches. If it has little scrawny apples and not very many of them, you know there's something wrong, don't you? 
right? You know, you got to fix some stuff. And it's probably in the roots where your issue is. You know, you got to get to dig down. You got to put some fertilizer in. You got to work on it. It needs some water. It needs something down under. Here's the thing. It's the same thing for us is that there's something underneath that's hidden that needs to be dealt with in order to have the fruit that comes out in the way that needs to come out. That's it. And so you and I, we can be fruit inspectors. You can inspect fruit in your own life. What's coming out of my life? Am I making, am I making progress with this? Am I finding myself always falling into hatred and, and despising others? Or, or am I finding myself growing in love and patience and care? Because if you find yourself growing in those areas, I can tell you you're probably starting to feed yourself something good on the inside. So it's starting to come out on the outside. Verse number 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. You see, Paul is calling the Ephesians to wall themselves off from these unfruitful works of darkness. Keep yourself distant. Keep yourself separated. As believers, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Right? We're supposed to be in there working. You're, out off, you're in your office building. You're in, at work. You're, you're at a mom's club. You're at school. You're, you're doing something in life. You're, you're surrounded by people who are both light and dark. And, and, and don't participate in the, in the acts of the darkness, but you're supposed to be in there so that you can help dispel darkness with light. You have to be in there. Don't, don't just isolate yourself off entirely and, and form a, a Christian country club. Listen, church isn't a country club for Christians. It's a hospital for sinners. I mean, that's, that's what we're doing here. Right? Like, that's what we're doing. That's why we're growing, because we're reaching people, and we're saying, hey, we're going to find people, and we're going to preach the gospel, and we're going to find people, get them connected together, so that they can grow in their walk with the Lord. We want people to find freedom from the things that they've been dealing with. I've found some freedom from some things in my life. Have you found some things from freedom in your life? Yeah, right? Like, come on, tell your neighbor, I've been set free. There we go, right? Like, you've been set free from some stuff. I can tell you that. Paul's coming to them telling them, hey, listen, we got to be there, but we got to be not drugged down by then. My dad used to always tell me when I was a kid, the problem, son, isn't, isn't uh, who you're hanging out with. It's who's influencing who. Who's influencing who? So are you hanging out with people in darkness, and are you the light that's dispelling that darkness? Or are you coming out there, and that darkness is now getting onto you and dragging you down? Are you going up or are you going down? Who's pushing the buttons on the elevator in your life? Because friends are like an elevator. They're going to take you up, or they're going to take you down, but they're not going to leave you the same. Who's pushing the buttons? That's a whole other sermon. I'm resisting the urge. You've got to see, keep yourself separated from those. You've got to make sure you're controlling the buttons on your elevator. Otherwise, you will be drawn down the vortex of the storm that they have in their life. And are they sucking you down, or are you pulling them up? You see, what's happened sometimes in Christian circles is we say, oh, there's a storm in their life. I want nothing to do with them because I'm going to keep myself separated from the darkness. No, 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 no. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that we go into the darkness, but we have to maintain our light. And when we go into that darkness, we find storm in somebody's life. We have to be in a position where we go and we're grabbing them and pulling them up. We're dispelling the darkness around them. You have to expose the darkness you got to help your brothers and sisters who are starting to slip back into darkness. Because the enemy is real. There is a warfare at place that is beyond the realm that we can see. It is a spiritual warfare. It's going on around us now. In fact, you're going to see that here in the next chapter about the spiritual warfare that's going on around us. And there's a real war that's happening. And the enemy is really trying to take you out. He is really trying to. 
And when we come together as a church, we can say, listen, I got your back. I've got your back. Listen, you're having a hard day. I'm going to help you up. Because guess what? Next week, I might be having a hard day, and I'm going to need you to help me out. Like, we, we, we bond together as believers and as followers of Christ. In verse 13, it says, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, and it's quoting another verse, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. So how do we walk in the light? Right? Oh, it's a great idea. Let's do that. Let's, let's walk in the light. Good word, brother. Let's go. Good sermon. On the way out. All right. Sounds great. Filled up my tank and I'm off to my week. No, come on. Like, how do we do it, really? Here's the thing with church is that, is that like, you know, we come together, we, we huddle up, we call the play, and then we go out and run the play, right? Like, like that's what we do throughout the week. So how are you going to walk in the light this week? How's that going to happen? What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know either. So let's look at it. Number one is this. You got to shine your light. You got to shine it, right? You got to shine your light. You actually have to, like, I don't know, shine it. It's on the inside. You got to let it get on the outside, right? You can have all the light in here, but if it's all closed up, and you're, no, 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 listen, listen. God is going to put situations in your life this week. Guarantee it, because I've been praying for it, and it's going to happen. And, and, and you're going to have situations in your life this week. I believe it. And, and you're going to have an opportunity to share the light of Jesus into someone's life. It will happen. Are you ready to shine it? Will you shine it? Do you have the guts to open your mouth and say what needs to be said? Or will you cower back in fear? Because the enemy wants you to cower back in fear. You don't have to get a microphone and stand on a stage. You don't have to make a YouTube channel and go viral. You know what I mean? Like, like you just be in your cube and someone in the cube next to you is like, man, I'm just having a hard day. I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, um, can, I, can I just pray for you? Uh, it won't be weird, I promise. Okay, you know. All right, then don't be weird, by the way. Almighty oh, God in heaven, you know, in the middle of your office. No, 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 no. You just, just make it simple. Make a simple prayer. Just be like, you know, don't keep it weird. Just be, like, just be able to pray with them. Just be able to say, hey, listen, I want to pray for you. Okay, Heavenly Father, Billy Bob Joe here is having a hard week. God, you know his problems. You know his situation. So, God, I'm asking you to just intervene and make a way where he doesn't see a way. In Jesus' name, amen. Done. You've prayed for this person. You've shined your light. You've dispelled some darkness in his life. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be kooky. And it doesn't, well, I got to get a Bible verse, right? And we're going to exegete this thing and we're going to you know, create a sermon. I'm going to get my homiletics up to go on it. And we're going to, oh, hold on, Billy, we got an appointment. Can we set an appointment for next Tuesday night at my house as a Bible study? Oh my gosh, no, just pray for him in your office and don't be weird about it. You know, like you can shine your light in very simple ways that are very practical ways. And I know this because I've been praying for it all week. Next week, you're going to have an encounter with somebody. Will you shine your lights? It's funny, there's a famous illustration, although it's flawed, I'll tell you, but, but it's a famous illustration, and, and it says this, that, that Jesus is the sun and we are like the moon, and that we're just reflecting the light that Jesus has. Now, now here's the flawed part, is, is, that, is that that's actually not biblical because the light is in us, it's not being reflected off of us, but here's the part that I thought was really interesting, is that at the times, the church, which is you and me, people, humans, right, the church, at times the church has been a full moon, illuminating the world to near daylight levels. At other times, the church has been a, silver, a sliver of light without much illumination. Here's the thing. We're, we're more than just a reflection of light. We, we have the light in us, so it's not just a mirror. It says, walk as children of light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. 
the evidence of walking in the light is the fruit of the light. You should start to see on the outside what's been happening on the inside. Listen, if you've been a sliver of light in the world, my challenge to you is, hey, let's grow it a little bit. Let's become more of a light into the world because that's what we're here for, right? We're here, here to bring light into darkness and dispel the darkness. We, we, want, here we want people to know God, absolutely know him, not know about him, not read a book in an owner's manual, but actually know God. And part of that process is that people will find freedom from things in their life. When you shine your light, you will help people to know God and you will help them find freedom from what's been going on in their life. That's the call. That's not just bring it to Pastor Matt. No, that's, that's your call. That's my call too. But that's our call is that we got to be able to be brave enough, have the guts to shine our light in the darkest of places. Number two is this, exposing the darkness. So number one is you got to actually shine your light. But number two is this, is we're going to expose the darkness. This is what walking in the light looks like. Paul says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. In verse 3, he says, this stuff should not even be named among you. Sometimes we expose darkness simply by our presence. It's funny, when people learn that I'm a pastor, it, it goes a couple of different ways, I can tell you. Yeah, it goes a couple of different ways. There's always the guy that's like, you know, I hate God, I hate you, I hate religion. I'm like, you don't even know my name, man. Like, like how can you hate me so much, you know? But, but I, you always get that guy who's, who's just absolutely, and there's, there's a few out there, don't worry, I find him all the time. And, uh, you know, and then, then there's the other one that, that um, you know, 10 minutes into the conversation, you know, because it always comes around to, well, what do you do for a living, you know? And, and, and so it comes around, and I'm like, oh, brace for it, brace for it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. And, uh, and you know, and they, they, they typically go, oh, I'm so sorry, like, for all the cuss words I've been saying over the last 10 minutes. I'm, I mean, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, oh, man, I just, you know. And they start, they start, th- they start in with that. And then the next round is always crazy to me. Is we just met. I don't even know their name. And they start, con- like, confessing stuff to me. Like, that's a riot. Like, I tell you what, nothing, nothing more awkward than, like, being in line at the MVD and somebody telling me their deepest, darkest secrets and, and what's going on in their life. And you're like, well, I can, let, let's pray, you know. And, and then there's, like, all these people around, and it's like, holy cow, I don't even know your name. And you just told me some crazy stuff. <laughs> some crazy, crazy stuff. You might need to confess that to God more than, I'm just saying. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes we go into areas, and, and, and sometimes I get to be light and darkness just by saying what I do for a living. And then I get the opportunity to minister to people, you know, and then, and, and so, you know, and, and, and I get it, like, that's kind of a cheater, like, line, right? I get that, I get that kind of extra in that you may or may not, may not get, but, but listen, sometimes we expose darkness by just our presence. Sometimes it's our words. Sometimes it's our words. Every once in a while, I have to tell people to stop behaving a certain way. Oh, but I might offend them. You might. But but what if what if what if I offended somebody? What if you didn't? Like like you don't have to be a jerk about it. Let me preface that. Like you don't have to you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be mean about it. You can do it in a loving way, but but sometimes you gotta actually say something to expose the darkness. Now, as, as a man, I live in, in, a, in, a, in a man's world at times. I, I'm surrounded by guys, and, and I don't know what all the, world, the women's, women's world is like. I mean, I know little glimpses here and there. But so, so I'll speak to this, men in the room. 
You know this is true, that when guys get together and girls aren't around, some guys start to run their mouth in a way that is improper. Right? You know it. They start to tell jokes that are inappropriate. They start to make comments about other women that are around that are, that are absolutely they're wrong. So are you going to sit there in silence and not bring the light to the darkness? Or are you going to say, you know, I'm not sure if I'm really comfortable with that? You don't have to tell them, like, how terrible they are. You just got to say, I'm not very comfortable with that. I think that's disrespectful, and I don't really want to be around that. But I might lose a friend. Yeah, were they really your friend? And who's pushing the buttons on your elevator, right? Like, are you pushing it or are they pushing it? Sometimes pushing the buttons can do that. Now, in women's circles, I'd be honest, I don't know. I don't, I'm not around there when men aren't around. You know, I'm not sure how that goes down for them. What are their weak spots and stuff? But you know, everybody knows. Are you the light in the darkness or is the darkness dragging you down? Sometimes it's with our words. I was actually with a friend this week who was not a follower of Jesus. I hung out with him for a couple hours. And there was a point where I literally had to... I've been friends with him since 1999. He knows I'm a pastor. He started in on some stuff. I literally had to say, bro, please stop. And he's like looking at me funny, and I had to tell him that. I had to tell him, please stop. I just, I don't like it. I don't like that kind of conversation. And he's like, yeah, 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 I get it. You're a pastor. Blew me off, right? But I don't know. Was that enough light in the darkness? It was more light than there was 10 seconds before that. I can tell you that much. I didn't lose a friend either. He'll walk away and be like, well, well, that's just Matt. All super religious and churchy church church, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's our actions. Sometimes it's our words. Sometimes you just can't hang out with the people that you wanted to hang out with because you know where that conversation, you know where that group's going to go and what they're going to do. You know what kind of establishments they're going to visit. You know what kind of conversation is going to happen. You know what kind of substances may or may not be consumed. You know what I mean? You're going to know what's going on. You're going to know with that group of people where they go, what they do. Maybe your actions, maybe your way to be a light is to say, I can't go with you if you're going to do X, Y, and Z. If we're just going to go play golf at the golf course, that's fine. But if you're going to go to the golf course and then you're going to go to this other place, I'm not going. Then they got to choose. Do I want to participate in this thing that is darkness or do I want to be friends with this person? Sometimes you might lose a friendship or maybe you'll miss out on some of the fun that they had. And maybe next time you get to hang out again. If the band would come, I'm actually going to wrap up. The last thing is this, is walking in the light is this. So the first one was you got to shine your light. The second one is you got to shine it into the darkness. It's fun to shine your light around Christians, but can you shine your light around the darkness? Shining your light around Christians is, 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 is really great, right? You show up on Sunday and it's like, praise the Lord. God bless you, brother and sister. We got our hallelujahs and, our, and the Lord has been good. Oh, I've just been feeling the spirit move lately. and hmm, Just the peace, you know, the peace. Try that in your office on Monday. <laughs> it's fun to shine your light at church. It's fun to shine your light around other Christians. There's nothing wrong with that, but are you shining it into the darkness? Because if you're not shining in the darkness, what's the point, right? What's the point? We're here to shine light into the darkness. Guys, we're on a mission to go do something. And here's what we're on the mission for, is awaken the sleepers. All of this is leading up to this point right here. It says, that's why he says, therefore, on that verse, it says, therefore, this is what we're doing. Therefore, all of this is therefore that. 
where this is what it's for. It's go awaken the sleepers. Oh, sleeper describes everyone who is walking in darkness. Arise from the dead. It says, turn away from your ways of sin. Christ will shine on you. When you turn away from your sin, you turn towards Jesus. You see, Jesus wants to put his light inside of you. Not just for fun, not so we can shine it on each other at church, but so we can go shine it into the darkness, so that we can find people that need to know God, so that they can find freedom in his presence, so they can discover their purpose and why God's built them and what they're here for and why they're doing, so they can go have all the fulfillment and, and, and achieve everything that God's asked them to do in this life. Honestly, it's so that they can then be filled with the light so that they can shine it into dark places too. I shine my light in the dark places I can find, but you and I aren't in the same places. You find dark places that I'm not there. So you've got to shine your light there too. You've got to shine your light there too. Antonio was a um, recreational pilot when he was younger. He lived out in the, in the country and he had, he had a little single engine plane. He took off from the country airport in the day, flew out to go visit a friend, and he was on his way back. But he hung out with his friend just a little bit too long. He missed his target takeoff time, so he knew he'd be arriving home right at sunset. And he thought, I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to be okay. And as he's approaching his new place, he realized that the way the sun was setting and the angle with the clouds, there was this haze and he couldn't see the runway very well. Now, it's a country airport. It's, it's like an air strip. It's like, it's a dirt path that this plane can land on. There aren't lights. There's no control tower. It's a little country airport. So he realizes, I can't see the runway because of the light and the fog. He says, maybe I'll circle around. And then when I circle back around, maybe the angle of the light will be better so I can see where I'm going so I can land this plane. So he circles back around. But, but as he's circling, the sun actually dips below the mountain range. So now the sun is setting. And, and now he really can't see the ground at all. And he's not sure what to do. He's got a little bit of gas left, not enough to make it back to where he came from or even to another airport. And he's sitting there thinking, well, now what am I going to do? And so he starts to circle the airport. And, and, and he's there in the darkness, just him and his plane, and the gas gauge is getting down near the E. And he's circling the airport, and he's not sure what to do. And it's just the drone of the engines and the fear and the anxiety starting to grip him on the inside. What's going to happen? Every scenario he can map out in his head is going to end in him probably dying and a plane crashing somewhere. He's thought about it. He's thought, well, if I try to crash on the runway and I miss it, and I'm probably going to die. If I land in the water or if I fly over here to the water, I might be able to, to survive. I don't really know. That might be my best shot. But he's like, what am I going to do? And as he's thinking and pondering and flying in a circle around the airport, a merciful man who lived nearby heard the sound of the plane. And he thought, what is that? And he looked out and he realized that for almost an hour now, the plane has been circling in this area. What he didn't know is that Antonio's up here freaking out. His gas gauge is now down below the E. He knows that he's going to crash any minute. So the man gets in his truck, drives out to the airstrip, and turns his headlights on bright and drives back and forth on the airstrip so that Antonio from the sky can see where the airstrip is at. And as Antonio is like, oh my gosh, I can see it. I know where it's at. He lines up the plane to come and land. Landing, the, the old farmer pulls his truck down to the end, shines his lights down the runway so that he can come in and land his plane. There are people in darkness that need your light. 
They're circling. Some of them are gripped with anxiety and fear. They're terrified. They don't know where they're going to do or what they're going to go. Some people deal with this stuff by just pushing it to the back of their mind, and I'm just not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. But people are lost in darkness, and they need your light. Will you open your eyes to what's in and around you? Will you listen to the sounds of the droning engines? Church, will you shine your light into the darkest places that are around you? Not for your sake, but for theirs. The drone of people around you is lost in darkness, and they're in need, they're in need of hope. <laughs> they don't need judgment or condemnation. They need the light. And they need the fruit of that light. The love and the peace and the joy. That's what they need. You are the light. And you must let it shine. Will you bow your heads? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that, that you've exchanged our lives from darkness into light. God, that you have moved us from the place of, of being not in it, but actually dark and moved us to a place of actually light. Your word says it is not just what we do, but it's who we are. So God, let us be identified as people of light who shine into the darkness bringing hope to the hopeless, peace to the restless, joy to the hurting. Let us be people who are known as the light in this dark world. You might be here this morning and, and you say, Pastor Matt, I feel like the guy in the airplane. I'm the guy that's trapped in the darkness. Today's your day, my friend. You walked into this building for a reason. You're circling, you're looking, you're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking, you're, you're saying how, how, where, why. I want you to know that you can exchange that darkness for light, that today can be a new day for you, and that you can start over right here and right now. That God wants to exchange your anxiety and your fear and your hopelessness for peace, hope, and love. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to step into a relationship with Jesus. Right here, right now. I want you to know that God, I want you to know God. Not just know about God, but know Him. Have a relationship with Him. If you're in that place today and you say, yeah, today's the day I need to make that decision to follow Jesus, I want to help you take that step. And, here, and here's what it looks like. The step is sent, essentially saying, I relinquish my life because God knows you've struggled with the controlling it yourself and you give him the keys and you say, God, I'm gonna let you drive. I give you control of my life. I submit my life to you. You make what they call Jesus the Lord of your life. You let him be in charge. So here's what we're gonna do. I wanna make this easy for you. We're all as a church gonna pray. If you're a believer, pray with me. But if, if today's your day and you're making that decision, I want you to pray out loud as well. And so here we go, church. We just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are Lord, that you died on the cross, that you rose from the grave and paid for my sins. Today, I choose to surrender everything. Today, I choose to follow you. Show me how to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate with those who made a decision to follow Jesus. Here's the thing. I don't want to make a spectacle of you, but I got to know because I want to help you. 
Send me a text message. It says decided to the screen. Send a text message to me so I can help you on your way. You can even grab me in the lobby and say, hey, I made a decision today because I want to help you on your next steps of faith and on your journey so that we can keep the light in you going and going and going. So come on, church, let's stand. Let's sing one last song before we leave.